Greetings and salutations. This is Isha, and you are listening to Hope Speaks, Episode 9. Thank you for tuning in. I appreciate you. And it's good, good, good to be back on. So the poem I'm going to read for you is called Sweet Water. The water is sweet, like black licorice and yellow honey. It leaves no room for moist dessert because the tongue is never indecisive. It is the bottom of a well never ending. One way leads to the glory of flavors galore, another to the empty taste that no mouth can savor. One meal is saved for tomorrow in the refrigerator. The other is tossed to the dogs, given to the swine and eaten by the hogs. And that is why we chase after pure water. Sweet water. Thank you for listening. So I want to get into the um the meat, the meat and the um well really, really the meat and the the thickness of this conversation. I've um rejoined the workforce. Yay for me. Right. Um, and something I noticed, I was talking to one of the employees at the job I just started at, and he said that there was this person working with them with him, and recently this individual left. So they could return to scamming, um, scamming, stealing money. Uh, I'm not familiar with how it's done, but I know a lot of people are into that nowadays. And it just made me think about something because he was talking about how there's a lack of people wanting to work, how they're having um, an issue finding workers that are even interested in earning an honest day's pay. But yet there's all these scammers stealing money and taking from those who are willing to go out into the world. And, and really put in that, that nine to five work, right? They are willing to sacrifice hours at a time away from their family in order to provide for those they love and yourself. I'm not judging anyone, but I definitely had to say there's a lot going on during this pandemic where people don't want to get out there and make something happen for themselves. It doesn't feel good sometimes when you look at your paycheck and it's not as big as you want it to be, or you got to deal with a boss breathing down the back of your neck. When you're doing things where you can't sleep at night and you're not earning honest living, that's a problem within yourself. And it takes a lot of self-control. It takes a lot of character and gumption to walk the straight and narrow path when you know that there's easier, more convenient, and more salacious ways to get money without stressing yourself out. So, and, and that really leads me into what I'm going to be talking about tonight. I'm going to be talking about a lot of issues that I've been seeing lately with people not wanting to do what's right, not caring about the things that they're doing in order to make a living out here. It's bigger than a pandemic. People's people's spiritual welfare is declining because they're not willing to go out there and, and earn an honest living. And if they are, you know, they're doing it with so much malice that it doesn't really make a difference. So I'm going to talk to you a little bit about, um, it was a piece I wrote recently. It was called Spare the Rod. It's on um, love, uh, purelovesha.com. There we go. It's on purelovesha.com. And I wrote this a while ago, but I think it kind of speaks to something that I've been feeling lately when it comes to people not wanting to put in the work. They just want things to come easy. So I'm going to tie it in. It won't make sense at first, but I'm going to tie this all together. 
commentary spared a rod. Warning, I am speaking my mind in this post and I don't care about what anyone thinks. What is going on with the children? The other day I was at the church and a child hit a woman in the back of the head with a big toy truck. And I thought, good Lord, that woman is kind for not snapping on the mother, but these children are out of control. The same child in question ran around the church unattended disturbing service for over an hour. His mom attempted, attempted to get a handle on him a few times, but at some point she gave up. To be frank, I used to get pinched by my mother for years as a child. She didn't take no mess, and I was too emotional to withstand the whoopings, a.k.a. spanking. So I was always on my best behavior. Honestly, my mother pinched me until I was 19 years old. I'm still scared of that tiny woman, but she is my best friend, and I appreciate the fact that she disciplined me. Now, I'm not telling people to pull out their belts and go hog wild on their children. Pardon the expression, please. Because child abuse is never okay. But don't be afraid to let your children know who's boss. You're paying the bills, not the children. Don't be afraid to put your house in order. These children will respect you more as, as they get older if you let them know who's in charge. And I would greatly appreciate it if people put their children in check during Bible study. A little girl was screaming and running through the aisles in the church. And I started to get a headache. It was difficult to concentrate on a pastor preaching. And by the end of the service, I was over the shenanigans. Another example. I was at the mall and I watched a child throw a tantrum because they couldn't get a toy. I watched a mother drag the child down the hall by the cold as they flailed and kicked their arms, screaming continuously. It seems like some of these parents are scared of their children. How can you be scared of the very child that came from your loins or developed in your womb? It makes no sense. According to Proverbs 13, 24, he who spares his rod hates his son, but he who loves him disciplines him promptly. There is more than one way to express love for your child. My parents used to have me stand in the corner for hours facing the wall while balancing a book on my head for one of my punishments. Sometimes when I got in trouble, I was required to write 50 page. I'm sorry, 50 word essays. Another time I jogged around a pond for 15 minutes. Let's just say my mother and father were incredibly creative and thoughtful when it came to disciplining their children because they weren't comfortable with hitting me every time I was in trouble. They wanted to build character as opposed to fear. I am thankful to them every day for their kindness and strict rules because it made me a better person. Yes, I am a living cliche. So I have decided to start praying for these parents because I know that they have to be tired of the situation. To be frank, I'm tired of it myself. I feel bad for teachers because children are out of control. If you love your children, give them parental guidance at home so they can follow decorum in public settings. As for myself, I will be praying for patience and strength for all the parents with boisterous and rambunctious children. Sincerely, Isha. Now, I wrote this on March 5th. My opinions remain the same, but I've had a re I've come to a really powerful realization since I've come back into the workforce and since I've been back outside more since the pandemic is I wouldn't say ending but winding down into some type of um eye of the storm situation. That's just what I think. I could be wrong, right? So what I'm saying is a lot of people don't want to be disciplined. I'm not talking about the children no more. I'm talking about people in general. 
a lot of these people don't like discipline. They don't want to submit to any type of orders. They want don't want to submit to rules. They don't want to be held accountable. They just want to reap the benefits of a harvest they haven't planted. And it says in the Bible, what you sow, you reap. So if you're over here stealing money, if you're over here committing fraud, if you're over here selling, selling poisonous drugs to the community to get by, if you're over here committing robbed armory, well, if you're over here robbing people, I meant to say uh, armed robbery, but you know what I'm saying. If, if you're over here um, tricking people, deceiving them for sales, I don't see the utility in people not addressing their issues within themselves. Because when I say put your house in order in that article, that's deeper than just ha- live in a nice house. That's deeper than clean up your house. That's clean up your temple. Get your children in line. When you when I speak about putting your house in order, put your actual house in order. That's an internal thing too. That's not just cleaning the house. That's getting stuff right. Spring is here. People should be doing spring cleaning. That's not just cleaning up the house. That's not just mopping the floor, sweeping the floor, doing the dishes, throwing out old stuff. That should be cleaning out the old stuff within you. That should be taking time with the Lord. And getting it together. Because a lot of us, we need that type of um, we need that type of spring cleaning. We need that thing where we're taking time to ourselves to figure out what's going on inside. There's nothing wrong with being like, okay, I'm not right. What do I need to do to get together then? Because if I go around one other person my age, let's just say mid-20s, early 30s. And they don't want to go out there and get it. Not steal it, get it. Work on their businesses. Go to a job. Take care of their family. Work on their spiritual and mental health, physical health. These type of things matter. You know, so often I think, what's wrong with this generation? What's what's wrong with these people nowadays? And I realize it's a lack of discipline. Everyone wants a nice home, don't nobody want to work for it. When I say nobody, I'm not talking about me necessarily. No, 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 no. I've been putting in some work for some time now. Let me tell you, I'm tired. <laughs> but it's a good tired. Let's me know that my that my muscles are still functioning. But I mean a more general sense. At what point do we say, all right, I'm I'm not where I want to be, but I'm not scared to work on it? Everyone wants to be perfect. No one is made perfect. No one is made all put together. That's a process that takes time. When are we going to take that time and work on ourselves as people? So in the spirit of wanting to address the concept of just putting a house in order, I did write a few poems in regards to that. So I'm going to read two poems back to back about putting a house together. So bear with me. Okay. The first poem is called Wait, no, it's not called do do do. It's called <laughs> The first poem is called Carefully Made House. Your house was made months in advance. 
with care and consideration. It will last for decades more because love is the mortar that lies between burnt red bricks and the shingled roof is reinforced with hope and painted with sweet daydreams. Your lawn is watered by bliss, morning showers. Your garden is fertilized by prayers. Every morning you arise and look out the window. The sun is always there because it's a carefully made house. Thank you. And the next poem I'm going to be reading is called Carefully Made Home, Part 2. Yeah, I'm breaking it down in parts now, y'all. Part 1, Part 2. Build your home on a solid foundation, one that surpasses shaky, uneven sand, because a dwelling fixed on stable ground is made to stand. So when the wind blows, the rain falls, impeding flood waters come, and the sparse earth trembles, your walls will endure. When the march of uncertainty comes like a storm, you can sit in your house fortified by good bones after spending a lifetime paying it off. It's something that your children will own. They will sit in your old rocking chair and get teary-eyed and stare off into the distance remembering their adolescence in that home, something created on solid soil based in treasured memories because it's a carefully made home. So, thank you, thank you. So I think what I'm really trying to say is, I think I was too focused on the children when I wrote that article, Spare the Rod, um, on March 5th last month. What I didn't realize is the children are, are a reflection of their parents. Oftentimes, when children are in an unstable home, they're going to act out. When children don't feel safe, or sometimes they're just going through phases, they're going to act out. A lot of times, these children are just mimicking the things that they can't explain in words. When, when they're in pain, are they just going to say, Mommy, I'm upset emotionally? No, a four or five-year-old may not be talking to that degree. Like, Mommy, I'm upset emotionally. It really hurt me when Dad didn't come pick me up when he said he would. It really hurt me that you and Dad aren't together no more. They may not, they may not be able to explain themselves to that degree. They just know they're hurting inside. Mom, I'm, I'm tired of that man coming by late at night and spending all that time with you then leaving early in the morning and I'm hearing weird sounds. You know, children notice things that aren't right. And as parents, people need to make sure that their house is in order. We can't keep on living any old type of way, showing that to the children and then wondering what's going on with them. It, it, there comes a time when we need to get ourselves right as adults. I hear the way some of these adults speak to each other. They speak with hatred in their lungs to each other. They curse each other to the root. They fight in the streets. They kill each other over gang turf, over, over Nikes. They kill each other over Jordans. They kill each other over PPP loans that they stole in the first place. They ain't even earn that stuff at the time. We, what are we doing out here? We have to get to the bottom of what is it going to take for me to feel whole inside. For me, that's God. I can't speak for nobody else. When I'm close to the Lord, when I'm reading the Bible regularly, that makes me feel 
alive, when I'm living according to his word and his principles, that makes me feel good. I've been around people who don't feel that way. No no shade, no tea. My ex-boyfriend didn't feel that way. He didn't feel he needed to change. He felt he was good all by himself. None need to be corrected. No change was necessary there. No spiritual journey needed. He wasn't a horrible person. But honestly, we weren't going in the same direction. At some point, we all have to look at the people we're around and wondering, where are they going and where am I going and where do I see myself in the future? If you're around people who don't build up the content of your character, who don't encourage you to do better, who don't have good intent for you, get away from them. You don't need nobody to pull you down when it's time for you to rise. And don't be scared to leave. Feet were made for walking on. No one is sure time to move on to something better. No one's meant to suffer forever. No one. Don't be scared of that. Don't be scared of moving on. You know, sometimes we stay in bad situations with people, with 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 things because we think that's all we deserve. You deserve more. You deserve to be happy, happy and healthy. Heck, I deserve to be happy and healthy. We all deserve more than what we've been settling for. Because when I look at the children, the children are just a reflection of the adults. And these adults, they're a reflection of their parents. And some of us are reflecting brokenness in the mirror. So the next poem I'm going to read is Your Shell. Do you like your shell? I know that it's full of unused space. Does the opaque color make you feel at ease? Unable to recognize your ever evolving face, but I know you're cold, tired of swapping shells because you're in need of a cozy home. You glide and crawl through the darkness. Scared to move in the open space alone, but never willing to open up to anyone other than yourself. So all your self-worth, secrets, and wealth is stashed in a small crawl space. Your decorative outside dazzles the unexpected eye, but it's a cover all the same. A place to run, a dwelling to duck, coverage from the cold rain, a mollusk deprived of uninhibited freedom as you move slowly through life with no direction at all. Seeking happiness that always stalls. So I will ask you again. Do you like your shell? Thank you. And the name of that poem is Your Shell. Thank you. You know, I've really been thinking about why don't people want to be healed? Why don't people want to be whole? Why don't they want to be happy, right? And, you know, happiness... It comes and it goes, it it moves and it turns, it shakes and it shivers. But what I learned about happiness is I'm the happiest when I'm laughing at a bad situation. Like, I don't know what it is. When I'm going through stuff, I am, sometimes I'm so happy. I'm so lit. I'm lit like a light, right? I, I just think about it and I just feel excited when it comes to my thoughts of happiness and laughter. And that's because... 
a lot of my happiness doesn't come from my own ability to be happy. You know, I can only go so far when I'm having a bad day sometime, but it actually comes from the Lord because only God can make me happy. I've had the experience of learning that I'm a beautiful person inside and out. But there's days when maybe I'm not feeling the best. Maybe I'm not feeling up to it. And I had to reach out to the Lord for strength in order to feel better. And I'm not ashamed of that. I'm not ashamed to say that sometimes I need to get outside of my shell and let the Lord deal with what's on the inside. Let him clean some stuff up. Fix some things that's broken. Put it back together again. How many of us need to be put back together again so that we can see things a little more clearly, so that we can love a little more freely, so that we can be a little more honest with ourselves? Sometimes we think when we grown, that's it, that we don't grow anymore, that we shouldn't keep on trying, but I don't feel that way. I believe that when you're grown, you need more help than ever because you got bills coming at you like 40 going north. So um, I'm going to read you a poem, <laughs> another poem, yet again. And this, this the one is a small one, but once again, it's a small one, but it's a goodie. And this is called Sweat Beads. Count the beads of sweat. They drip from your chin to your collar. It is left soaked like love spilling over into a wet sea. The salty taste is bitter, but cool to the touch. You swim in unnerving fantasies, driven by an anxiety you can't explain. It is a bath in cold water, produced by self-indulgence, moistened by the adrenaline and expectation of sweat. And that's why we call it sweat beads. Thank you. I'm sorry, y'all. I don't mean to sound so intense, but you know, because I'm a poet, I'm a bit dramatic. I ain't even going to lie to y'all right now. I'm going to read another poem. Once again, this one's a shorty, but it's a goodie. So let's have fun. Let's have fun tonight. Only the way that we can. It's called In the Sun. Don't divulge the truth unless you're ready to hear its echo across state lines. The sand it once burrowed in is no more. You are exposed to the reality of it, being weaponized by Ali. You are freed by the experience, even happy to live without the bondage. So no matter the cost, living alongside the truth is its own reward. So bass in the sun, just a bit more. Love always, Isha. And the name of that is In the Sun. And that's just a poem where I'm talking about the beauty of living in your truth and accepting your truth for what it is. Not running from who you are, not trying to hide who you are, not trying to douse who you are with some type of lighter fluid and burn it. No, no, no. 
No, because some of us, we try to hide reality and we think just because we turn it to ash, it's not still what it is. But even if it's burnt, it's, it still remains. So I think sometimes there's some things we just got to let God address. I get tired of going around people and they look like they ain't smiled in 15 years. I'd be, mm-mm. If I don't smile, I fall apart. I got, so I, I gotta, I gotta, I gotta smile. Shoot, sometimes I look in the mirror, I wink at myself. <laughs> I don't even know why. Okay, I wink at myself. Um. So, anyways, <laughs> I'm sorry, I gotta stop laughing at myself. So, anyways, the name of the poem I'm about to read for you next is called "Trust You." You did it again, managing to make me smile through the shadow of night. Talking of unconditional love and moonlight walks, holding my hand when the steps seem uncertain, speaking words of encouragement to me when my day is long and hanging out when all is well, you know how to guard my secrets. Your love replaced the desire for wishing well, and that's why I trust you, and I always will. Thank you. And the name of that poem again is Trust You. And that's a poem I wrote. And when I wrote it, I wasn't thinking about a man. I was actually thinking about God or Jesus, who is man and God all in one. So I guess in some way you could say I was thinking about man, but I was thinking about Jesus. Because really, I've had to, it's taken me time to learn how to trust God. I'm used to trusting myself. I'm used to trusting jobs. I'm used to trusting the bank. You know, I trust they're not going to steal my money. You know how that stuff go. <laughs> but um, I'm, I'm trying to learn how to trust in God. Not in idols. Just because you can see something doesn't mean it's good for you. Sometimes, you know, faith is the substance of things unseen. If you hear a noise walking across a wooden floor, that's my dog, P.S. He likes to trot. So the next poem I'm going to read for you is called open fingertips smile with the corners of your eyes laugh from the depth of your heart put no breaks on your ending give no date to the moment you start just toss your hair and feel the weightless strands sliding through your open fingertips thank you and again the name of that poem is open fingertips it's a shorty but it's a goodie i i like writing short stuff as well as long stuff sometimes. It just depends on where I'm at with it. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to flip back to my other blog. The um, pureloveisha.com blog. And I'm going to read you a few more poems from there. I'm just going to finish this out on a poetry tip. You know how we do. You know how we do. I'm just kidding. I'm not kidding. You know how I talk. Um. <laughs> I gotta stop laughing at myself. So, I wanted to read you the first part of Bitter Water because um, when I read about Sweet Water earlier, that was just a part of Bitter Water. I probably read this before, but I just wanted to close out on this and a, a couple other poems because I love it so much. Bitter Water. The water is of a bitter sort. It leaves no room for moist dessert. It is the bottom of a never-ending well. One way leads to the glory of heaven. 
another to the bowels of hell. The heart tells the condition of a man's soul. It's the edge of an ever-winding road. Let me repeat that one more time. Bitter water. The water is of a bitter sort. It leaves no room for moist dessert. It is the bottom of a never-ending well. One way leads to the glory of heaven, another to the bowels of hell. The heart tells the condition of a man's soul, and its edge is an ever-winding road. And I wrote this first, and then I came up with the sweet water um, about three hours ago in contrast to this bitter water. Because I was like, okay, so I got bitter water. Let's do a sweet water. So I thought about there's different types of water. So some water you drink is going to taste like almost like there's a bit of sugar or honey in it. And you know there's no sugar or honey, but that's just that's just the way it tastes you. That's how it feels on your tongue. The other water, when you drink it, it tastes like it's like well water or, you know, maybe some people got better well water than other. It tastes like it's from a rusty old pipe. And you're like, ugh, that water tastes questionable. I wonder if there's lead in there. And for me personally, God is that sweet water. It's pure, God is pure. Um, there's no iniquity in the water of God. In the flowing spirit of God and the Holy Ghost. And I think that a lot of times we chase after bitter water. Because we like the container it comes in. Because it's easier to obtain. But sometimes what we need to go after is that pure water. Because it's better for our souls in the end. And while we're on the topic of water, so I'm going to be getting ready to close out soon. Actually, I'm closing out in a minute. I'm going to read you another post from pureloveisha.com. And this post is called, As the World Turns. This is going to be the last poem I read you tonight, so I hope you like it. The world is ever turning. Society moves and sways with the tides and rises with the waves, but it never thinks of the soul. The things that fall outside of its influence, the pressure that makes young hearts grow old. But those who know don't speak, and those that don't know are quick to respond, making up policies that fail to help the community Ignoring the necessities of those who are in pain, calling the wise crazy and driving those who follow along insane. All the while, the world is steady turning on an axis fit to bend. Those who can't make it work break, while those who find a way are able to survive. Sometimes it takes knowledge to keep your faith alive, knowing that the power doesn't come from the world, it comes from the spirit within. Because the battle isn't won until the outcome is revealed at the end. So keep pressing on. Only the foolish rely on the strength of those who appear strong. That's why I'm never afraid to walk alone. The world turns. Thank you. And I think that sometimes, you know, when we believe in Christ, it feels as though we're walking alone. And that's because of the fact that so many people who say that they believe in God, 
They really don't. A lot of people, they just they just want something to belong to, even if they don't believe. And it ends up making you feel like there's no one out there who feels the way you do. You know, you you move different, you walk different, you make different decisions. Because you don't really automatically make every decision with the idea of I, me, me, me. Your first thought goes to God. What does God want for me? Because that's what I want for myself. So I just want to let you know tonight that even if you feel alone, even if you're walking alone, it may not be easy, but it's worth it. Because the world is continuing to turn and you are going to be okay as it does. And that's all I want to leave you with tonight. Okay? Don't let the pandemic, don't let people, don't let anything sway you. If it's not the Holy Spirit. And you know, I'll be here too to talk to you. For as long as God allows. Okay? So I just wanted to wrap it up on that note. Um, I want to thank you for joining me. Thank you for hanging around. I know I'm a wild one. I know I'm a wild one. And it's always good to know that I got some wild friends that's down to listen to me and my podcast. So thank you. I appreciate you tuning in. Again, this is your girl, Isha. Thank you for tuning in to episode nine. Love always. Keep your head up. Never down. Bye.